0: And welcome Price. back, fans, to High School Sunday. This is David Wright along with Buzz Frank. Kevin is out on assignment. Uh, I don't think he's opening up any donut shops <laughs> today. I think he's uh, <laughs> he's probably college uh, shopping uh, for our Dalton Sissel Award candidate, Max Cole, having a uh, having a great year. And uh, they're looking at uh, some future options after this season.
1: Max, take my word for it. Leave your dad at home when you're college shopping. <laughs> 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 we don't want to give him the wrong ad- idea. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Somehow I think Kevin's negotiating Yuma scholarship free ride, too. (laughs) Hey, you talk about a great game, and I wish I could get a little bit more info than what's in the paper about this. But uh, I just happened to read last week about the great comebacks in Kentucky high school football. Of course, last year the playoff game down there at McCracken County, Manual was down 20 to nothing late in the third before they rallied to win 35 to 20. But check this one out. Air Coy at the half led Southern twenty-eight to nothing. Yeah, and one would think. Well, we're a touchdown away from a running clock, but give the Trojans a lot of credit—they rallied to win twenty-nine to twenty-eight.
1: I'm not sure I would have liked to have been on that team at halftime, but I sure would have loved to have heard, heard what, what was said.
0: said. Yes, indeed, that—that'd that, be a speech for the ages to find out what exactly they came up with to. Uh, to rally the troops and a win like that can change the course of a season for yeah. a team
1: and you know on the other hand Dave you wonder uh, I, I can picture in, in the locker room on the other side the Iroquois coach saying alright guys we're going to go out this second half and it's nothing to nothing you, you know Stay we've all we've all heard that when we've been on, the, on, on either side if you're yeah. way down or way up you just got to come back and, and win this and uh, you don't know exactly what happened on both sides but congratulations to the Trojans 2928 come well, back win
0: when you had the big lead at halftime it was always stay focused don't let up on them you know, yeah just keep pounding them they'll quit sooner or later but evidently <laughs> there's no quitting in the Trojans <laughs>
1: apparently not so uh, they that pulled them up to two and three on the season one and0 oh, in the district and uh, puts the Raiders down to 0 oh and1.
0: That's that's a fun 5A district. Southern dropped mm-hmm. down to, to 5A with uh, Eric Hoy. It's been 5A for a few seasons. Yeah. They're also in the district with these two next teams. The Fern Creek Tigers improved to 5-1 and on the year, and they took on a pretty tough little Fairdale team. Fairdale led thir- 7-3 to at the half before Fern Creek rallied to win
1: 17-7. I, I got to tell you, this game was closer than I expected. Uh, me too. To I, I, I've really been impressed with Fern Creek all season long. I think Coach Abel's got a, a good product really out, there. out there. And uh, and we'll see how how they go on the rest of the season. But tough loss for the Bulldogs, but uh, they played Fern Creek tough. And even though they're only one and four on the season, I think Fairdale's maybe a little bit better than we've been giving them credit for.
0: I think this is the the, the time of the season where we're in district play and the Bulldogs <laughs> probably can lay claim to, to runner-up in that district.
1: I think you're right. And it's certainly when we've talked about tough schedules and – those kind of things, and uh, and you just really don't know what that does. Sometimes you can get beat up and beat down by a tough schedule. Other times you, you're you just stronger and more resolve, and uh, we'll see how it works out for actually both of these guys. I, I
0: had an email uh, from a fan this week that uh, wanted to draw the, the, the comparison. Manuel played Fern Creek, Males played Fairdale. How does this game, how does the final score equate? And I said, I don't know. I don't know how. It, yeah, I really don't know yeah, how it compares, or if it compares at all.
1: Comparative scores are, are a nice little yardstick and a nice conversation Ooh. starter. But you know, we're a few weeks removed from those games, and and it's a it's a big difference. Both of these teams, I'm sure, are a lot different than they were when they played Manual and Mail, respectively, and uh, and we'll will continue to change as the season goes and
0: on. it is a high school sport and i've heard many coaches say this you coach glazer would say that early on when when he was at saint x that what what would happen in the end of the the, the first or second game of the season he, he said you know we'll see how we mature by the end of the season so oh, yeah. it's a growing process for every team whether they're winning or losing the ultimate goal was to be at your best game yeah come playoff time you
1: you must get better every week
0: so even though Fairdale went down, I think uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, October for the Bulldogs, and we already know what we think about Fern Creek. That oh, I yeah. think they could go deep into the playoffs. Uh, a team that's on the uh, what a bad year to move up to 6A. The Jaytown Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and what a bad place to move.
1: Well, in, into the district that they moved into into open district play with with the Shamrocks is just that's just a really huge tough break I think for Jaytown. and and. To boot, a new coach comes in. Coach Stonebreaker comes in, and yep. uh, one of the all-time great coaches' <laughs> names. Yep. But um, he's in for tough sledding this year in the district that they're in, and and uh, certainly he got uh, indoctrinated by fire into Jefferson County District play.
0: The Rocks take on Stonebreaker. But if you're ever going to hire a coach to beat Trinity, you better name him Stonebreaker.
1: I like that. I like that.
0: I'm still uh, lobbying for J-Town to go back to the maroon helmets. Probably not going to see that for a couple more seasons. It depends on what's in the budget.
1: I'll put that that word into them out there, but uh, I'm not sure. I actually did get a little message shortly after we left the uh, Internet on – friday night that uh trinity had clobbered them so uh, running clock situation yeah, running clock situation
0: it's uh it's got to be bad for concession sales i mean it, you think about it i mean you don't want an outmatched team to get humiliated but on the other hand what do kids what do schools do they the boosters are out there trying to you know right. sell their You're concessions trying to do what
1: you can and uh, on the other hand, hopefully, if you're if you're J-town and the game is at J-town, you're hoping the Trinity brings a good crowd. Yeah,
0: they probably and, did, and,
1: and you make it up that way. That's one of the things I always questioned when schools didn't want to schedule Trinity when they didn't have to. Uh, well, you know, if they bring a good crowd, there's it's money. Good, there's there's money to come into your pockets, and and you
0: know, but and that's but good again, for it's the a, entire athletic budget. Yeah might be able to buy those extra sets of practice jerseys or the maroon or, helmets. You know, the maroon helmets or whatever <laughs> else that might <laughs> attract kids to come out for the team and play. Yeah. It was the Mustangs. They took on that new team out there in uh, Nelson County. They beat they, the Mustangs beat uh, Thomas Nelson 42 to 6. Uh, we've seen more over the years uh, infrequently, but we have seen them on the football field, usually have a nice size squad, good-sized athletes.
1: They can be one of the more enigmatic schools in Jefferson County, Dave. I, they just – you know, you see some of the athletes that they've had over the years and, and you wonder why they don't win more, but they just don't have enough of them, I would guess. But it's certainly uh, – they've played some teams pretty tough this year, and I think they've got an opportunity. But you just never know what you're going to get with those guys.
0: They had that big receiver a couple of years ago. I was just I thinking think he, he
1: wound game. up at Cincinnati. He went.
0: Uh, yeah, I think he had three names, but he was a tough customer.
1: Mm-hmm. Good basketball player as well. Get, folks, if you remember what the Moore receiver's name was, drop us a note at Old Goat Radio at twc. dot com.
0: Ew, this one's close. To, close was it,
1: Mikhail hard. McKay?
0: You got it. I believe you're right. Thanks to the
1: fan who planted that seed in my mind without ever even sending the email.
0: Well, Buzz, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to look at look over to the judges' booth uh, and see if you're actually going to be eligible for this week's grand prize, <laughs> oh, which, <man>. is, uh, <laughs> which is which is a McGregor clear shell football helmet, Ooh. circa 1970s, if you remember those with the, the, the team colors and the uh, logo on the inside of the helmet, which... Really gave the helmet a really sharp look. I don't know if anybody out there in football land remembers those or not. If you do, or if you possess one of those helmets, or at least have a picture of one, drop us a note at oldgoatradio at twc.com. Show us your helmets. <laughs> <laughs> Male. Uh, I don't know. I can't recall them ever wearing the McGregor helmets, but I do remember mm-hmm. some spray-painted Gold helmets silver, very, very shiny. Yeah. Number one in the state. I believe they have their number three all-time winningest football programs in the world Yeah. of uh, American football.
1: They rank right up there.
0: Uh, they, t- <laughs> Butler Bears came to town. A team itself has had some success, and I know they wore the Red McGregors in the 70s. So come on, Bear people. If you <laughs> got one, we, we're dying to see them. Uh, 57 is zip. I'm not sure that says something bad about Butler as much as it says something about what a really special team the Bulldogs have. Now that we're about four weeks out, Buzz, you notice I'm starting to be very polite about well, the guys in purple.
1: Absolutely. Mail has proven themselves this season. I know a lot of people were saying, well, wait till they play Trinity. That'll tell us a lot about what what kind of team they have when they play Trinity. Well, they played Trinity, and I believe they answered the question. I think they're for real. Does that mean they're going to win the state championship? No, we've still got a lot of football to play, but right now they're 6 and 0. And you can only play the teams that are on your schedule and and if you do what they did, here it is, 57 to nothing. Running clock fairly early in this one, I'm sure. And uh, Mail goes to 6 and 0 and and I I really right now I think you've got to say they are the class of the state. Well,
0: uh, Trinity put up 13 points on the Bulldogs in a losing cause. A school that's only given up 26 points through six games. Yeah, wow, that yeah. that's impressive.
1: Three shutouts on the season out of six games. So that in itself, but like you said, Dave, only 26 points in the whole whole year. So defense is going to carry you a long way toward championships. And the, and we know that they've got the offensive firepower. Mail for years has been able to score.
0: With that being said, they have given up 26. So, that uh, fabulous team from 1967, yeah. still say <laughs> they still our record's safe. intact. Yeah. 13 points all season all long, guys. All season
1: long. <laughs> oh, now
0: And man. a team that didn't play for the championship. I, that, I go back and look at those old records, and it amazes me that uh, what they accomplished and, and didn't get a playoff shot.
1: I'd like to think that
0: <laughs>
1: I was getting ready to say something about how talented everybody was in the city that year. The problem was I had to play against them. so That, uh, that would
0: be first-hand knowledge of yeah. <laughs> how tough they were.
1: Absolutely, and there were some really good teams and really good players in Louisville that year from from A, A to B, really, or A to Z. I mean, it. Uh, everybody had some talented players, and back then, everybody, there was no... It, well triple a was the class in jefferson county and that's what everybody played
0: this uh, this male programs had so many great teams and we witnessed a lot of them but the last two years though they were very strong and now that that class of seniors uh, i hate to put a lot of hex any pressure on them but yeah it's almost championship or bust
1: well yeah and, I, and i'd never i'd never put that on any kid because we don't know what's going to happen through the rest of the season and the first few rounds of the playoffs to where, you know, somebody gets hurt or something like that. And fans, I'm not wishing that on anybody. But even the best teams can get derailed by an injury, and I can, again, talk firsthand about that too.
0: Ballard, 48. This is a big rivalry game for the Bruins. 48-25, and from all accounts, this game was not as close as the final score. I think that they coasted. In the fourth quarter, Ballard's three and three on the year, but I thought they they're a very capable football team.
1: Yeah, they're they're a solid football team. I think we looked at the score against Mail early in the season and thought, well, maybe the Bruins aren't what they're cracked up to be. But you know, now that Mail has proven over and over again how good they are, maybe Ballard is a lot better than we gave them credit for. And I think they take this. Uh, Rivalry a little more seriously than the Eagles do. Yes. Or at least for the last four years they have, because that's four in a row for them.
0: We were witness of this game, homecoming here at Manuel Stadium. They hosted the Western Warriors. Final score forty-one to nothing. Uh, up twenty-one to nothing after one, but it just didn't seem like the the Warriors were that bad of a squad.
1: No. And I mean it was a sloppy game. I lost count after six turnovers for Western.
0: Yeah, it, and, it, and I
1: know they had at least six. I, I'm not sure what the final tally was, but whatever it was, it was not pretty. Manual, uh, you know, they were not the Marilyn Monroe of prom dates on Friday night, but they did enough to to win convincingly.
0: A lot of turnovers, a lot of needless penalties on both sides of the yeah. ball. Something that's going to need to be cleaned up later on in the season. But uh, uh, still a good outing in the rain. Forty-one, yeah. nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to fault a, a team that wins by. 41 points at any level, no matter who the competition is.
0: Speaking of those McGregor helmets, I know the Western Warriors wore some pretty sharp ones back in the day. Imagine the Green Bay Packer look, mm-hmm. except the color scheme was reversed with green helmets with the gold accent. So yeah. Was a pretty good-looking look for the Warriors.
1: Yeah, I, I, re- I really like the helmets they have now, though. That, that yeah. electric green, I'm not sure what color they call it, but, boy, they really stand out. It, and uh, they've got some, really, if you look, in total, their their uniforms uh, may be the nicest in town.
0: I think so. Very uh, very nice look. Can't keep your your eyes off those helmets. No, it's. Uh, I don't know what you would describe that uh, as a high, uh, ultra green. Or, hey, that
1: that would work. Or a hyper
0: green or hyper metallic green or something. But yeah, really nice look to it. Oh, here was a opening week of uh, district play for these two teams. St. X traveled uh, down Dixie Highway to PRP. They came into this game leading the series 17 to nothing, and they escaped with a 21-13 to 13, uh, win, but they gave up over 300 yards on the ground to the Panthers.
1: Yeah, again, when we talk about enigmas, St. X this year, to me, Pleasure Ridge Park had one more first down than the Tigers did. They outrushed them 333-276, to 276, but PRP only had 18 yards passing. And, uh, and St. X had 136. So, all told, though, that, you know, St. X certainly won the game. But um, when you look at it, there was no scoring in the second half. So, it, one big play, and it could have been a vastly different game either way. But the defenses certainly took over in the second half, and I'm sure the rain had a little bit to do with it as well.
0: Yeah, you wonder what the field conditions uh, turned out to be in the second half. I mean – There was a drizzling rain here at the stadium, but the PRP is a few miles away, and they may have picked up a heavier dose of the rain, and it could have made their field a little bit wetter.
1: And and, and to your point, Dave, I was actually listening to uh, John Spears after the game. He was on the uh, KHSAA scoreboard show that they have on Friday nights, and he talked about this was St. X's second game on grass, and it's rained both times. Um, He mentioned the central game as well so you wonder if a team that's built on playing on turf and then gets a little inclement weather if it didn't you look at their one loss in a pretty tight game here i'm not saying that Pleasure Ridge parks a slouch team by any means uh, but st X's is too tough as games have come on grass and in inclement weather yes so it's uh, something something to look for as the season goes along because there's a good possibility that they're going to have to go on the road sometime during the playoffs anyway, and maybe wind up playing a team on natural turf, not unnatural turf.
0: And teams that wear all black uniforms at home. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's, not, maybe that's could the key be too. too. <laughs> maybe that is – and maybe there's dim stadium lights so those players get lost in, the, in open space. <laughs> a lot of factors to look at here. I
1: was wondering why some manual people were out unscrewing some of the light, light bulbs, bulbs here at manual stadium. Yeah.
0: And notice uh, here at the uh, stadium back there, those giant washing machines are uh, churning away at those home uniforms. Notice there's a big box of black dye. Well, there <laughs> <we go. laughs> not, not only that, but all
1: the wastewater seems to be going right out onto the field, too.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's purely a coincidence. That's all it is. Uh, yeah.
1: Pay pay no attention to what we say, Tiger fans. Oh, wait, they never do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're still waiting on toboggans that are never going to come. We were close.
1: Yes, we what's thought old, we were anyway. What's the
0: old car insurance commercial? Oh, you almost had one. <laughs> <laughs> there was that fishing
1: pole with that beanie just dangled right out in front of us.
0: Well, a couple of Burgundy and Gold teams got together. And it's the Doss Dragons and the Atherton Rebels. This might have been a pretty entertaining game. Doss came away winning 44-34. to
1: I was thinking the same thing. You've got, you've got a couple of teams – Atherton has put some points on the board in a few of their games this year, and Doss certainly with 44. That uh, that's a lot of points. 78 points in a high school game.
0: Wow! I wonder how long it took. And this is statistics usually not recorded at the high school level, but the amount of actual time it took to play the game. We we know the Ballard game uh, the week before last went well over two and a half hours.
1: Oh yeah, yeah it. Uh, you got to figure there's probably plenty of passing going on in that game. And with passes come completions, but also come incompletions or completions and then a receiver getting out of bounds, that all of that just delays the time of the game.
0: This is a big district game. And, again, uh, sort of like the Fern Creek-Fairdale game, Uh, Central no doubt is the odds-on favorite to come in first. And they Uh they took on the wagner Wildcats. This game got a little scrappy from what I could tell on TV highlights. There was a little bit of a – little bit of a – what's the word we're looking for here? Chippiness. Uh, That's the word, chippiness, (laughs) as in chip on the old shoulder pads.
1: Well, Dave, you know, uh, Central's prop has pretty well owned that district, and I think Wagner – the preseason predictions were that Wagner was going to be one of the teams. This is one district that will not send everybody to the playoffs. And Wagner was one of the teams not expected to go to the playoffs. Now they do have a new coach who's trying to change the culture from what they've had the last few years. And they had some transfers in from some other programs who are probably a little more used to winning. So I'm sure that's where part of that may have come from that. And, and this Wagner team has proven so far to me to be a lot better than what the predictions were. And they, I believe are going to make the playoffs. And, and so it's, it's a measuring stick for them to play somebody like Central and, and to uh, battle it out, and that that game was actually a pretty close game. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Wagner it was, was ahead uh, six to nothing.
0: It may have been seven six for a great portion of the game too.
1: I know it was seven to six at halftime. I was looking to see if I uh, there we go. Uh yeah. Central took the lead in the in the second quarter from Wagner at seven to six, and that stood till halftime. Then, with eight forty four in the third, Central went up fourteen to six. Scored again in the third quarter, with what became the final score twenty one to six. So, uh, tough game all the way along. No scoring in the final quarter, but uh, Wagner seems to be somebody that that district is going to have to contend with, and then perhaps in the playoffs, other teams are going to have to contend with them.
0: Yeah, uh, Coach Johnson out there is uh, continuing his success that uh, he's had here at Manual for the last few seasons. It may not translate on the win-loss column this year, but a drastic improvement. Uh, a, a program that, uh, let's be honest, uh, is not too far away from running clocks against teams like Central. Right. Are now being, being right. very competitive.
1: <clears throat> and 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 so they've done a good job out there. And and again, he came here to manual with coach lucas and had actually been with him at Bryan station so was part of a culture change up there and i know that's one of the key words a lot of times and it's easy to say we're going to change the culture but uh, you have to do that and so far it appears that they have
0: holy cross that's louisville brand of holy cross beat grant county 20 to 14 uh, a great way for them to bounce back they had a tough close loss to western the previous week but grant county so had a pretty good year up there in 5A football, so it was a pretty good win for the Cougars.
1: Well, and at this point, I think for Holy Cross, they've gotten off to kind of a rough start, but again, they play up in class a lot. When you're a single-A team, there's no playing down in class. You either play your class or up in class, and so they've run into some pretty stout teams, including the DeSales Colts, so to come away with a win and I'm, this is probably a district win, too, Dave, isn't it? I don't have the list of all the is. districts. So.
0: Well, I, I don't think it is anymore. One time it may uh, may have been, but I don't think this time around it is. And a quick shout-out to the North Bullet Eagles. They beat Bullet Central 47-44, to 44. Uh, and that may put them in the driver's seat for that uh, Bullet Cup. The
1: Bullet Cup, and that's a surprise, too, that we were thinking earlier in the season that North Bullet was the down team of the three out in Bullet yes. County, and here they come along and beat Central, so – good job.
0: And then North Oldham, 47 to 6 over Frankfurt and then the Eminence you know, they they put one on the the Shawnee team 36 24. But at least the thing about it is Shawnee still continues to compete and play football.
1: Yeah, and you know, 24 points is is not bad. It just so happens that Eminence scored 36 and again a couple schools I would say culturally, if you look at the areas that they're in, there's this is probably a night and day difference as you're going to come about. Yeah. But but then again, on the football field, all of that's thrown out the window. You just go out
0: there. Country mouse and city mouse. Yeah,
1: Dave, we we skipped over one of a couple neighboring schools, and okay. Uh, I just think we need to give a quick shout out to Spencer County. They've made believers out of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six and zero oh on the year. Yeah. <laughs> They put uh, speaking of Bullet Central, they put seventy-seven points on them last week, and yeah. uh, and the new kids on the block. They haven't uh, fielded a football team for too many years, and uh, well, they played
1: eight-man football for oh, the really? longest time. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, for quite a while, and then they finally were able to step up and had enough people in the school to get up to eleven-man football, and they were behind in this game until the fourth quarter, fourteen to thirteen. And they ran off 22 points in 87 seconds.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So, well, I didn't realize uh, <laughs> that. 22 <laughs> points in 87 seconds.
1: 87 seconds. So that's, that's not too shabby.
0: Manuel had put up 14 very quickly, I think with a two within three plays, yeah. touchdowns. But the Bears run that uh, crazy triple, not triple option, they run the wing tee. Yeah. Some people say it's obsolete and can't win. I, I beg to differ. Yeah.
1: No, I tell you, if if you run it properly,
0: and with three good running backs, give them yep. all a taste.
1: Actually, if you got four good running backs, Back, yeah. well, that reminds me more of the old wishbone kind yep. of thing that I always contend that, that Oklahoma just took lined up their four best halfbacks and whichever one could throw it the furthest became a quarterback.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here the old you go, boys. Scooter. Yeah. <laughs> But, and then it uh, goes back to the old McGregor football helmets. There you go. We're, we're back Oklahoma, again. <laughs> Texas definitely wore those sharp-looking oh, helmets yeah. back in the day. It reminds me of the guys of for Oklahoma. We won't dwell on them too long, but when Barry Switzer was there, I remember a great running back by the name of Elvis Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, there's a, a few others that were uh, great Sooner players.
1: All, I mean, you go, you go back to the days even before that of the likes of Greg Pruitt who came oh, along yeah. and Steve Owens. And, uh, yeah, it, what amazed me was with them running the wishbone the year that that they had two first-round draft choices that were wide receivers, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <and> Tinker Owens <laughs> and uh,
1: Billy Brooks. And I thought, what, do they get five passes thrown they're, at them a year and they wind up still having a good career in the NFL?
0: <laughs> and and, and those, uh, those yards and stats are racked up on uh, what essentially was uh, – an asphalt football field, oh, yeah. covered with uh, indoor outdoor carpet, is what that was really played on. Kind of like the old Cardinal Stadium. Stop well, Stop and
1: think about this: if you know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna land on something that hard, would you, you let somebody <laughs> tackle no. you? All right, we're well, really that's,
0: gonna run fast. That's why their running backs were so good? They didn't want to go down. And the uh, those uh, adhesive uh, strips that they would wear on their forearms that was keep from getting yeah. their arms all yeah. burned up on their way down to the turf. Well, Kevin's not here, but he did leave behind the Magic 8 ball. Oh, as we good cast. for him. And, yeah. and just a friendly reminder to all our listeners out there, this week is uh, the Thursday night games. Don't wait till Friday to, to show up at a football game. They're, these games are going to be played Thursday here in Jefferson County because of, I guess it's an in-session day. Yeah. And the games are also going to have an earlier kickoff of 7 p.m. as opposed to 7.30. Hmm. Okay. I guess the, uh, the teams and the coaches want to get off to a three-day weekend. Or yeah. maybe the coaches have to come back in Friday morning and do some work.
1: I'm sure all my friends who are teachers in Jefferson County will jump on this, but I call this the annual St. James Art Fair Bowl. That's it. <clears throat> yeah, that's why we're playing on – I mean, that's not why we're playing on Thursday. It's an in-service day, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> J-C-T-A. <laughs> Better be careful here. We're on their property. They probably get agents listening yeah. to us or just outside the door. Probably got a chip somewhere in our uh, recording apparatus. Well, and Kevin leaving the eight ball here actually put his own Fairdale Bulldogs up first on the docket. Atherton coming in at two and four. Take on the Fairdale Bulldogs one and four.
1: You know, in years past, I think we would have just written this one down as a win for Fern Creek and and maybe talked about a running clock and joked about skateboards and stuff like that, but I'm not so sure you can do that with this Atherton team. No. I, I still think Fairdale is going to win the game, but I think this could be an entertaining ball game. Atherton seems to have an offense that can put points on the board.
0: Good for them, too. I, yeah. I, I, they've been the butt of many jokes over the years with the, the golden skateboard trophy or yeah. whatever. But in all, all <laughs> honesty, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of loyal Atherton alumni there who'd like to see their team uh, get some success.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly one of those deals where – if you go back into the the '60s and the '70s, Atherton had some really strong football teams out there that could compete with anybody. And then to see them go to where they were, and now to bounce back again, it, it it is good. It's good for, it's good if all the schools are competitive. I hate to see anybody just be so bad that you just
0: where apathy sets in yeah, with the whole administration, and, and
1: you're just afraid that the kids are going to get get hurt so badly that that they can't even field a team.
0: Uh, and Atherton's another team, from my recollection, that wore those great. They, you talk about the '60s and '70s. Yeah. They had some great looking McGregor helmets. I don't know that change. That style changed over from McGregor yeah. to Kelly. I remember when we played them as a senior. Those helmets were had the Kelly badge on the front. which oh, okay. I think McGregor yeah. went out of business, but again, it was that nice burgundy helmet with that gold football with the fancy A. In a middle. if anybody has one of those, contact us uh, Oldgoatradio
1: Old Goat Radio at twc. dot com. I've got
0: this helmet thing going. I'm pushing hard. I need to have you a, a helmet telethon. Collect some of these old helmets. You wonder, Buzz, is it like they have a boneyard of helmets somewhere? What do these schools do with helmets when they uh, they pass their prime? Do they just throw them in a dumpster? Is there some type of uh, recycling program or are they just all sitting out in line somewhere like they do the boneyards of the old plains out there in Arizona
1: you know I, I don't know but I, I know uh, a few years ago I happened to see an old old helmet in the manual alumni office that was the red with the white horns and uh, was told that it was actually from the 59 team and it was like the only one in existence and then Mysteriously, at some point, uh, one of the white helmets with the red horns that were worn in '66 and '67 appeared in the alumni office, and it appears to be the only one in existence. So, with the bullring, with, but yeah, with the bullring, and and so you wonder where did all of these go, and how did how did one one of each surface somewhere? <laughs> how many of them
0: got the? It was kind of like the jersey thing where yeah. there was always that player thought, "Ah, one won't hurt the batch. They've got a hundred. They won't miss <laughs> this number." <laughs> That could be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
1: <laughs> well, if if they were using one of mine, then they would be easily defeated compared to what's out there today.
0: Well, I know of one old male high helmet that ended up in those uh, movies. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Jack Nicholson wore the old gold football oh, yeah, helmet. Yeah. An easy rider. An easy rider. That's right. Yeah
1: that was i'm pretty sure that was a wilson because it had the, the yeah. face mask on the front like the wilson's did uh, and uh, you speak you speak of that one of my uh pleasant unpleasant memories was uh after my junior year male wore purple helmets my junior year uh-huh. and i had a lot of purple paint right, on okay. my white on my white helmet yeah. at the end of that season and the I was really proud of it, but unfortunately, the wear and tear of practice and games the next season, all that all that was worn off. I, if I'd have had a digital camera back then like I do now, I'd have had pictures of all those marks For on sure. there.
0: Yeah, that was a thing back in my day, too, was loving seeing the other color oh, yeah. helmets, well, um, other paint on your helmet getting painted. That's paint. what I wanted to see,
1: and Trinity wore green helmets that were – that were uh, the paint came off real easily, so I got a lot of green paint on against Trinity. So those were the two I remember the most.
0: That was my favorite line. From, there was a lot of memorable lines from uh, the Easy Rider movie. Would Peter Fonda ask Jack Nicholson, You got a helmet? He goes, Oh, it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> Another neighborhood rivalry game. Uh, Buzz, we talked about this uh, sometime last year. J Town was kind of born out of Eastern High School.
1: You're exactly right.
0: J-Town visits Middletown with a 1-5 record, the Eagles 2-3. and three. Uh, Not a stellar season for the Eagles, but mm. they're on the uptick.
1: I, I, think, I think this can be a pick em game. I think Jaytown's towns going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. They've actually played them fairly tough in the last few years. I'm going to go out on a limb, David. I'm, I'm going to say Jaytown's going to win this game.
0: I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Eagles because since we're on the helmet theme today, I, I'm glad they switched from the silver to the blue hats.
1: Yeah, yeah. although I thought I the silver looked pretty good. It just didn't seem to match the, the whole, color, the, the whole scheme. color scheme. But uh, when you talk about Eastern and J-Town, my, after my senior year, I played on a baseball team that most of the uh, kids on that team came out of the J-Town area. And the guys who were my age, who were seniors, were, getting, were graduating or had graduated from Eastern. And the guys who were juniors and sophomores were at J-Town. So it was right at that time. And we were all in there together, so you're right. It, J-Town was born out of the Eastern School.
0: And a fairly new-looking building. Yes. Ballard on the road to take on the Seneca Redhawks. 3-3 three and three on the year for the Bruins, 0-5 for Seneca. Coach Leiser. I mean, it's a, it's a totally rebuilding program this season out there. Uh, I like what they're doing as far as running, keeping the ball on the ground, running a little eye formation. Instilling some discipline in them, and they've really stripped down the uniforms, went back to more of a classic look.
1: I still, I, I do miss the gold helmets. Uh, out yeah, there. Like
0: you, I like you. I'd like the gold helmet with the uh, the spears, and yeah. they used to mix it up a lot uh, their color schemes, and mm-hmm. you always wonder from year to year what are they yeah. going to look like this year. It's not going to help them no matter what they wear no, <laughs> Friday night. No, the I, Bruins
1: a win. Yeah, it's uh, you, you, when you see where the home game is being played, and you're kind of hoping it's not homecoming.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're trying their best out there to send it. You get the new scoreboard going, yeah. and a lot of positive things probably going. I, on I think they've got work. an
1: opportunity. We know that they've had a good program in the past. It's just that, again, a new coach and the numbers look to be down this year. So they've got to build that back up and instill that discipline and that hope in the team. And then uh, greener pastures will come.
0: Tough year for a realignment for them, though, being in the district with oh, yeah. Trinity, Ballard, and Eastern and all that. But they'll have to grow from that. Valley on the road, well, they'll go straight up Dixie Highway, take on the uh, Shawnee Golden Eagles. Valley, three and two on the year. Shawnee still win with 0-4. This Valley team, as we've heard from Kevin Cole, he's witnessed them in person. This is a pretty good football team with the campus Campos.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna win this game. Shawnee numbers are always gonna be an issue at Shawnee, Dave. I, I, their their magnet program just doesn't seem to draw in the numbers that they need to compete. And yes, I know they're in a lower uh, district as, or uh, classification, but it's still it's, it's tough. And it's, and I think that they're gonna go to zero five.
0: And it's a it's a, a tough sell when you've got Central practically right uh, right uh, Stones Fall. Well, more. A quick ride away from Shawnee.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you're you're not too far on Tark from going from one to the other.
0: Dawson, we call this a nice little neighborhood rivalry. But mm-hmm. then again, it's kind of is and kind of isn't. Airquois, part of the old city program, city system. Yeah, Dawson, right. on the other side of the park, part of the county program. But I think they've actually hooked up a few times throughout the years. Both teams come in two and three. Erkoi. Um, yeah, they could very easily be three and two on the year. Yeah,
1: they very they very well could, and and Doss has been kind of up and down this season as well. Um, last year was Iroquois really breakout year, and they certainly haven't had the same success this year. And uh, but I, I'm I'm going to go with Doss on this one. That's uh, I agree. I'm 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 picking a lot of visiting teams for whatever reason this week, but. Uh, just a hunch, and maybe the fact that my boss graduated from DOS has a little bit in to do with this.
0: And uh, this should be an entertaining game. And yeah. I, and I like to see competitive ball games. Christian Academy hits the road; and they've got a long ride out to Brandenburg to take on Meade County in the in the Green Wave. Had a lot of success the last twenty years on the football field, but this is not one of their better teams. Mm-mm.
1: And and Cal's gone ahead in, uh, against bigger schools this year and has fared pretty well. It looks to me like they've toughened up their schedule in order to be able to compete, and uh, I think Cal's going to go all the way out to Death Valley and come out with a win.
0: And then you got the Wildcats. We spoke about them against Central earlier. They're two and three on the year. They'll travel to Bardstown. Uh, a lot of distractions out there in Bardstown, but I feel confident the Wildcats are going to uh, even the slate at three and three.
1: Yeah, this is this is an interesting matchup because Bardstown moved up in class. Wagner moved down in class, and now they're both in 3A together.
0: Uh, and it's a nice place for a football game out there. I think yeah. it's Garness Martin Stadium. We, the, Emmanuel opened up the season out there in the Champions Bowl of two, mm-hmm. in the year 2000. Played a pretty good team out there.
1: Yeah, Bardstown's been known. In, and, in fact, for quite a while, Garness Martin held the record for most wins by a coach in Kentucky High School football history. So, certainly a, a name to put on your stadium when you've got a coach like that.
0: And a nice football stadium. Great place to watch the games.
1: It's a it's a new breed of wildcat going out there to play. But I, you know, I'm gonna something just popped into my head. I was ready to mark Wagner as a winner, but I'm gonna go with with Bardstown. I'm gonna go with the home team.
0: Great place for pork chop burgers out mm. there. Or should we just call them pork chop sandwiches? Anyway, the con- I do remember this all these years later. Concessions were excellent.
1: Absolutely, I, and we just got a text from Kevin, and he's on his way there now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wants to be the first in line for a pork chop sandwich.
0: <laughs> DeSales, 4-1 and one on the year. They go uh, to Radcliffe to take on the North Harden Trojans, and I think the DeSales Colts uh, yep. get an easy win.
1: Yeah, North Harden's uh, kind of lost out down there with the rise of John Harden and uh, Central Harden. and North Harden seems to be the forgotten school out there.
0: It's been a while since they've been very competitive, but they had Joe Jaggers out there at the helm for mm-hmm. many years, and he racked up a lot of wins.
1: I think, didn't he wind up passing Garnis Martin as, far as wins in the state of Kentucky? Of course, he won a lot at uh, Fort, Knox? Fort Knox as well, yeah.
0: And uh, Fort Knox has struggled so badly the last few seasons, yeah. and I'd read in the paper that uh, it was really a shame the way that the, uh, they were the the joke of the post. That the you know, the the army pretty much didn't take much didn't take their football serious and I thought well that's a shame because they've actually won a state championship out there producing right. Mr. Footballs. Yep. Of course, with the transient population out there on base, you, you, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Well, let's hope the the Fort Knox Eagles get it turned around. It would would be nice to see. Speaking of big turnarounds, Fern Creek. I mean, it hadn't been that long ago, but boy, they they rebuilt revamped and uh, not quite where they were twenty years ago yet. But the resurgent Fern Creek Tigers, five and one on the road to go to Oklahoma to take on the Trojans,
1: doesn't hurt that they're that they dropped to five A this year, and uh, and you've got to think, you know, Coach Nichols was out there, and it's been a building process, and they got better, I think, each year that he was there, and Coach Abel has taken over, and I think they've gotten better each year since he's been there. He's done a, a really nice job with them, and uh, Fern Creek, I think, still feels in their hearts that they should be 6-0. and And uh, so I believe – I'm not saying that they're going to take that out on on Southern, but I believe that they're a much better team and they're going to win at Southern.
0: Uh, yeah, this I think it's the Fern Creek team. Of course, there's a lot of experts out there in the state that would probably know a little bit more than me than on 5A football. But Fern Creek, uh, I still say, is one of the better teams we've played yet.
1: Oh, I agree. I, I, I would say that they are the best team that Manuel has played so far this season. Even though it, it would have appeared that the Ballard game was tougher, I think Fern Creek's the overall better team. And I believe down the road this is going to show and their tough schedule is going to show in the 5A playoffs, which appear to be wide open with Highlands going through. Who would have yeah. thought that? Yeah, I think they're down to either 1-5 and five or 1-6 now yeah. as they lost again this past Friday I had night.
0: I read a couple weeks ago that this has been their worst start in 76 years. As the L's continue to pile up, yeah. you're wondering: Is this going to be one of their worst seasons ever?
1: Yeah, and then you wonder if if they bounce back from that, how high will, will they, they bounce, bounce quickly? Back. Yeah,
0: and you wonder uh, what the coaching staff is doing. Is they've got to the point where, like, well, then we're going to play ninth mm-hmm. and tenth graders. If we're going to lose, we're going to learn and get some experience on this squad because we're not going to tolerate this.
1: On the other hand. Um, if they come out of their district at all, they still may be a formidable foe. Come playoff time, this, you this just don't
0: tr- know. This is true. And I don't. This goes back a little bit. I remember hearing this, and been, it's been told to me again through some Trinity people. But I believe there was a year in '71 where the, I don't know who the coach was. Then, it might have been Coach Kennedy or whatever. Just decided, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna kick all the seniors off the team. Yeah. After I think they'd lost a few games to start the season, now we're just we're going to play and yeah. varsity, and they came back next year and won a state championship.
1: Well, you know there's there's some method to that madness, and you yeah. know give the young kids some experience madness. and see what they've got and toughen them up for next year.
0: This might be a more competitive game than uh, I would have thought before the season started, but I've got the Moore Mustangs at three and two, traveling down to Central at three and two. Is this a trap game for Central? Uh, is it homecoming for Central? <laughs> <laughs> if it is, it's see, probably a trap game. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, if you're the Yellow Jackets at this point, you're thinking, eh, you know, we've already beaten St. X. We're, we're going to start this. We're going to take a cakewalk through the district, and then you'll head on toward uh, Bowling Green. Yeah. And it, this is a tough district game. Obviously a game where Moore can make their mark.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, if I'm the coach at Moore, I'm selling them on that right now. You've got a team that's won – what is it, five of the last seven, six of the last eight 3A championships, and, and we've got a chance to knock them off. Guys, you're going to be celebrated as school heroes if you win this game, and you can you can go on down the road and, and really make your mark. And if he sells them well enough, it can be a competitive game, but I think Central is starting to hit their stride. I believe that they – they really started coming together when they beat St. X, and I just think they're going to get better as the season goes I, on. I
0: thought for sure, Buzz, that was going to be your "not so fast, my friend."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that, but as much as I'll steal from anybody, I try to lay off of that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got Central winning this game. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a surprise, but it's, it's hard to go against Central now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it, as they get into district play and through the end of the season, their track record over the last. Uh, Few years it just speaks for itself. Coach Scroggins has done just a fantastic job down there of making
0: sure they're prepared for the playoffs and winning in
1: different ways.
0: Manual on the road to go out to Shively take on. They're five and zero on the year to take on the Butler Bears at two and four. Just I don't know what's going on out there, Butler. We'll see Thursday night. is, even though they're five and zero, they've really struggled offensively. Uh, but I think they've got enough in the tank to win this game, and maybe they can iron out some of those wrinkles. First district game of the year.
1: I think this game's going to tell us a lot about both teams. I'm like you, Dave. I'm not sure about Butler. They have uh, – you, you can throw out the male score. Certainly. But some of their other games uh-huh. are, are, are kind of strange, too. You'd have thought they'd have been a little more competitive or whatever than they have been. And, and Manuel, like you said, has struggled. They've been behind – it seems like they've been behind all season, yet they're five and zero, and and I guess the good news is they're five and zero, and I don't believe they've played nearly their best
0: game yet. You no, know, there's a lot of room for improvement at five and zero, and the bright side is they're five and zero, right? They're finding ways to win. I think the only common opponent so far between these two teams is Western. I think. Butler beat them twenty six to twenty one, and of course mm-hmm. we, we know what happened last yeah. week. But it's not taking anything. The Western's a good football team. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, and I just think again that that Butler, I'm not sure what we've got in them, and I'm not sure that they know what they've got in them yet. And and it will tell a lot about how this game comes out. If Manuel comes out and they're ready to play early and dominates the game, you say, okay, well they they have earned this five and zero record, and they're going to go up to six and zero. And then, But, you know, if Butler comes out and gets manual down, if you keep getting down every week, sooner or later there's going to be a team that says you're, you're not coming back on us.
0: You're going to run out of nine lives. I just got handed a note. Somebody contacted us at Old Goat Radio at TWD, TWC.com. There was another common opponent, and that was the Fern Creek Tigers. Oh, that's right, yeah. And uh, Fern Creek won that one. I'm going to go with the Crimson's. Yeah, me too. I think they go to 1-0 and – uh, in district play, and that also well, it sets up a mega game here at Manuel Stadium. Um, Saint <laughs> St. X will come in, yeah. and Manuel will host them <laughs> once again undefeated. And the last four or five seasons, we've seen a lot of that, but there'll be plenty of talk for that uh, starting Friday morning.
1: Right let let's get past let's get past Thursday's games first, uh,
0: and I'll uh, well, save the best of the matchups for last on Thursday night. PRP at four and two, but their two losses are to the Green teams. Yep. Uh, they visit Mayo at 6-0. and oh. uh, This will be a, a, a pretty good test for the Mayo Bulldogs. Uh, you know, and, and PRP uh, would not, like nothing more. To, they've had the big three. This yeah. is the third week of big three competition. The, they didn't have any success at all against Trinity. I think they gained one first down and maybe minus 12 rushing. And then they come back the next week against St. X. And put up three hundred yards on the ground. So which tiger? Excuse me, which Panther team is going to show up? Well,
1: I think Mail's going to have a lot to do it's with exactly which Panther, Panther team shows up.
0: up. <laughs> my first thought, though,
1: is, is if I'm the football coach at PRP, I'm sitting in my AD's so, office saying, "What, are, what you
0: are, are you doing to me? Come, yeah. on. <laughs> come on, come on, We've got Mail and Saint X in the district. Yeah. We don't need Trinity, especially going in the playoffs.
1: Especially <laughs> not right before the." Not not before that first game in the districts. I mean, yeah. come on. It, yeah, I, I'd be uh, thinking, you know, yeah. I said schedule me a tough schedule. I wanted to get tougher, but I, did, I didn't want to play an NFL schedule.
0: I didn't mean those Bulldogs. No, <laughs> <laughs> give us some, give us some one A teams to pump on. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> There's got to be some Bulldogs that are of lower classification.
0: I think mail wins this one. I think it's going to be a pretty much. Uh, what we've seen out of the Bulldogs through six weeks. There's been no competitive game. Trinity played them tight for one half of football. But uh, and who knows what this is going to mean to Mayo later on in the season, but they have not really been tried. And I thought Trinity would maybe yeah. had a great chance to beat them. Yeah. And as has been said uh, by the Trinity people and rightfully so. Yeah, they got us. They beat us badly in the play, in the in regular season. We had a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't our night. Like they said. That doesn't mean we can't improve and learn right. from our mistakes and, and the and playoffs could be a different story.
1: Absolutely, and that's what we've been talking about. You have to improve week in and week out to be ready for the playoffs and and to me right now, Mail's biggest uh issue is going to be do they get complacent? Is is there going to be a time when they feel like, "Well, we've got this. We're we're running roughshod over people." And who's going to jump up and smack them? Is it going to come as the season goes along with with maybe a PRP or a Sanex or a manual down the road, or does it happen in the playoffs? You you can sit here and argue and look on paper and say, well, they're bound to meet Trinity again somewhere in the playoffs. Does it happen then? Or does it happen in this, in in a state championship game when they've vanquished all the tough teams from Jefferson County and somebody from out of nowhere comes up and they say, <laughs> Who are these guys? We've beaten the green teams. We've beaten Manuel. We've beaten everybody, all comers in Jefferson County, and then they wind up getting squashed by somebody.
0: You know, It reminds I, me of one of my favorite <clears throat> children's fables. Run, run, fast as you can. Can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man. Yeah, well. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Come a little closer, Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> I said I've beaten St. X and Trinity twice. Yeah. I've beaten everybody by 50 points, and we can beat you too. Yeah. And Scott County, a couple of years ago, in the playoffs said, "Go ahead and try that field goal." Yeah, well, <laughs> and they blocked it, took it back 99 yards for a touchdown. So it can't happen. As a matter of fact, that same season, 2013, they came into Manual Stadium undefeated, right. number one in the state, and uh, it was a yep. night to remember. It absolutely, so anything was. can happen in high school football.
1: And that's what I say—that complacency. And I'm sure, I'm sure, Coach Wolf is working hard to keep them from being complacent. But let's understand, these are still young men that are in high school.
0: I'm sure. That- and
1: sometimes your attentions can be divided because not only now are you winning and you're winning convincingly and you're thinking, well, nobody can stand in our way. But also, you're a lot more popular with people than you <laughs> used to be. And, I'm yes, I'm speaking of the opposite sex.
0: So. Well, this is- <laughs> I'm sure this show is going to be played throughout the male locker room. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Friday yeah, afternoon. I'm, I'm sure Thursday the whole coaching staff to listens to us
1: in bated breath. And, by the way, listen to what
0: the old goats <laughs> say about you guys. <laughs> yeah. And if we have to meet them in the playoffs, yeah. uh, don't be surprised if that did not come across their uh, PAA system. during oh, warm sure. Run, run.
1: <laughs> Coach Wolf, if you do listen to us, drop us a note or don't go at, at com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: I'm sure they're over there uh, polishing up the barrel, at least the purple side of it. Well, Oh, boy. This game is Friday night. And uh, this game, uh, it's about a, there's a book actually written about it, like the old rivalry, much mm-hmm. recent. It's called Game of the Year. And it's usually uh, Game of the Year Part 1 because these teams tangle in the playoffs. Yeah. Quite frequently. And it's St. X at 4-1. and one. Their loan loss coming to uh, Central. Mm-hmm. Trinity 5-1, their loss coming to mail. Yeah. Now, earlier they said, then both of these losses occurred on the same night. Is that correct? That's correct. We'll and uh, Jason Frakes was quick to say it had been X amount of years since these two Catholic teams had lost to two public teams. But here's, we'll take it one step closer or further. When was the last time these two teams lost to two old city schools uh, <laughs> on the yeah. same night? Probably that city, same little,
1: night. I think it was 1975, so, so it probably, probably would have been two old city schools. Yeah. But, but still, you're right, it was, it was two public schools that night, and, uh, and so that, that would have been quick math count, 40 years in between. So there's nothing that could say that it wouldn't be another 40 years uh, for that to happen. And as it stands, this is, this is a great game to me. It's, um, as much as I hate to see all the notoriety going to them, they've earned it over the years. They plan this game well their alumni who are out of town choose to come back for reunions or whatever that and week they all meet and uh, and they do it right and I, and I think that it's a credit to both of these institutions that they do it right that they get out there on a Friday night it also happens to be the St. James weekend so you got a lot of people who will come into town and make it a double header we want to go to St. James let's go to the St. X Trinity game and, the
0: wives happy yeah yeah, it's, <laughs> that, that,
1: that's not a bad thing and and So they do it. They're going to be out at Papa John Stadium. They're going to have quite a bit of uh, fans in the stands, anywhere from 30 to maybe even 40,000 people will be out there. Uh, And they put a quality product on the field year in and year out. The coaches do a great job. Coach Wolford over at St. X, I I think he had some growing pains really being a first-time coach, but it seems like to me he's kind of got his style of players uh, and and of course we of course we know what coach Beatty can do out at Trinity he does it year
0: in and year out and they say next won the regular season game last year If yes we forget yes and then they had the tough regional final where Trinity won nine to three yeah, yeah. and there's a couple of other teams that lost the regional semifinals thinking that could have should have been yeah, absolutely
1: us. absolutely you know it, it two that tough was the, losses the last year of the super district and it Proved out to be the, everything that we had said
0: it was over the four years that they were together. We had a regional championship decided by six points, Trinity over St. X. St. X beat Manuel 12-7. Yeah. Trinity edges male in overtime. Over time. That shows you it truly was indeed. The quality of that
1: of district. district. And, and then Trinity went on to win the – State championship. The quality of football in that district was unsurpassed in the state.
0: And uh, the the championship game against Dixie Heights was never in question. No. And, and I think everybody knew that before they teed up the ball. I think before <laughs> they went to, to Bowling Green, <laughs> green I they, would they say. I think, uh, <laughs> think the kids on Green were already getting their ring fingers measured before they took off so they'd be back by the time they arrived home. Uh, this year, I don't know. I haven't seen any one of these teams yet. I haven't mm-hmm. seen them on film, only what I've read I'm going to go with Trinity just because they're Trinity.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to go with Saint X just because I don't know any better.
0: <laughs> and they do have. There's a chance we could still get the toboggans, the beanies yes, yes. from Saint X Trinity's not giving us nothing. <laughs> and,
1: and of course, our our friend Joe Hall, who has come in before and been on this station and has a program on on uh, Saturday mornings as a Saint X graduate, so I'm kind of leaning toward him for him.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you're right. Maybe I should change my, my pick. <laughs> Joe's a great guy.
1: No, you, you he puts on you, a great, you probably, great show too. I, I can't think of any reason to pick against Trinity.
0: I should learn my lesson. There was a few years ago that we were guests out there at WHAS on Joe's yeah. show, and we <laughs> emphatically said that there's no way that St. X yeah. could beat Trinity for a state championship. It wasn't happening. And I think that was the year they did. They put a beat down on Trinity, one of the worst ones (laughs) in a long time. So, again, uh, somebody had emailed us a few years ago. I'll close out the show by this since we're getting close to say next week anyway. It wasn't that many seasons ago. Somebody says, when we play manual, we don't give a pep talk. We tune, tune into your show. It's all we need is motivation.
1: <laughs> I still can't picture Coach Glazer listening listen, to uh, us back then or Coach Wolford now. But just in case, guys, drop us a note at oldgoatradio.twc.com <laughs> if you if you like or don't like what we say.
0: So, for Kevin Cole, who's in exile, Buzz Frank, this is David Wright. Thanks for listening. Tune in 645 Thursday night as Manuel travels to Butler to take on the Bears. Thanks again for listening, folks.